This is the side of my house, which is pretty much almost gone. This is the Weather Channel podcast. I'm meteorologist Kate Parker. This is crazy. Um, I don't even know what to say right now, but the firefighters saved my home and I am so grateful, but my whole neighborhood is gone. That was from early Friday morning, November 9th. The Woolsey fire started on the 8th. Bell Canyon residents watched the Woolsey fire spread right through their neighborhoods. Adrian Janik, best known for her TV hosting role on Velocity Channel's Overholland, witnessed the destruction firsthand and described the experiences in a series of tweets to help keep her community informed. Firefighters from Los Angeles, Ventura County, and even Yuma, Arizona, set up a base camp at her home to help battle the wildfires. Joining me now to share her experiences during the fire as well as in the aftermath is Bell Canyon, California resident and now wildfire reporter, Adrian Janik. It's kind of fair to call you that at this point. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm like, wow, I can add that to my resume now. Um, yeah, it, it's been crazy to say the least. It's It's been a little overwhelming just because I've had so many of my neighbors and residents say, wow, you know, have you ever thought of maybe becoming a field reporter or maybe hosting? I mean, a lot of people don't know what I do. Um, so it's just been, um, I mean, I, I don't even know how, how to uh, – how to express myself, but it's, uh, yeah, wildfire reporter. I mean, yeah, I guess we could add that uh, to my uh, growing resume. Well, it's definitely what you did. And it was a really a service that you were providing for your community because we'll kind of backtrack here and catch people up because Adrian and I have had a chance to speak before. So um, I know a little bit of the backstory, but um, most of your community was evacuated, but you were not Why is that? That's correct. Um, Well, you know, to be honest, it was a mandatory evacuation. And um, my car was packed. I had, you know, all the important stuff that we needed, you know, certain photographs that, you know, cannot be replaced because it was film at that time. And, you know, important documents, a couple of, you know, uh, outfits, you know, just the necessities. Because that's, you know, when you're in a, a disaster situation like that, you really think, okay, what's important and what's not. So, we were ready to go, and then the fire trucks came down the street, and um, they decided to use our home as a base because we do have a, uh, an amazing vantage point from our deck, and they can kind of see where the fire was going and where it was going to hit next. And um, when they saw how prepared we were, because we do have a fire kit, and in that kit we have um, a pool pump uh for our pool. Basically, it's a pump that you throw in the pool and it's almost like a, you know, like a fire hose. Uh, we had masks and goggles and extra hoses and everything you could, you can probably, uh, anything that you need to fight a fire. And this is not our first rodeo as far as fires go. We had another big fire back in 2005, which was pretty bad. It did come in the canyon, but it was not as devastating as far as uh, this fire was because this fire did um, destroy a 39 homes. So when the fire captain saw, you know, from LAFD, how prepared we were and how calm we still were, they said, you know, we're going to use your home. We're not going to let your home go. You guys can stay. So I thought, okay, there was just something that told me I needed to stay. So I figured, well, we've got five fire truck strike teams. I think we're kind of safe here. Um, So I decided to stay. 
I still had my car packed with everything and just in case, but I decided to kind of see what was going to happen next. And what was it that happened next? Oh my gosh. Well, I saw it start um, kind of across the street of my neighbors, which was in uh, one of my videos. And I just saw it kind of trailing around. It just was kind of moving to the left and coming towards my property, going down. um, And the firefighters at that time said, you know what, you guys are going to be fine. The wind is pushing it away. So, but I'm, but I'm thinking, well, <laughs> the fire's, you know, burning on the property next to me. So um, at one point it was, it did seem like it was moving away. And the firefighter said, we're going to go take a break in our truck. My husband said, I'm going to take a quick nap because it, you know, it was uh, a very stressful few hours. And this was, I would say, about two in the morning and at that point, I was like, okay, you guys get your rest, but I'm going to stay awake because, at, you know, I, you, how can you sleep when you've got flames in your neighborhood? You can't. Uh, but, you know, for the firefighters, they did need some rest. And um, I sat in my bedroom, and I was sitting on the lounge chair there, and about, I would say, four in the morning, it was either three or four in the morning, my eyes were getting really heavy, and then I just opened my eyes and I looked out my bedroom window, and there's flames coming up towards the deck. Woke up my husband. I ran out, you know, banged on the firefighters, you know, truck door. I was like, wake up. It's, it's coming up. So they all got out, and I would say for about a good three hours until about 6.30 a.m., they worked their butts off just pushing that fire away from my house because if my house went up, then my neighbors, our whole street would have went up because we're at the end of the cul-de-sac. So it would have uh, made its way up our street. So it was a good fight. That is a tremendous story. And, you know, it's so good that you had kind of this home base for the firefighters to use. But you sound so upbeat. And I know that this experience was not a pleasant one. And, you know, you have kind of a little bit of space and distance here that since this occurred. But when you look back on it, I mean, personally, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of an emotive personality, um, I would say. And specifically, whenever I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of others, I mean, what were the emotions watching how tirelessly these firefighters were working to try and save not only homes, but lives and animals' lives also? You know, it's like at the time... You know, people constantly ask me, were you scared? Were you freaked out? And to answer that question, honestly, I did not have time to freak out or, you know, sit in the corner and cry because there was so much going on and there was so much that we needed to do to help. It's like, okay, do you need, um, you know, waters? You know, do you need, you know, an extra hose, you know, with a nozzle? We can, you know, uh, position our one of our, we had a 200-foot hose with with a sandbag just to kind of hold it there. I mean, there was just so much to do and everybody had a job that we didn't have time to react um, and freak out. So, but to watch them firsthand, basically on the front lines with them, because I know I did post several videos and you could see there's a video and there's the firefighter right there in the hose. I mean, I wasn't too far away. I was like maybe 10, 15 feet behind them. I mean, these guys and, you know, firefighters, you know, both men and women, what they do is truly amazing. And, you know, I know a lot of people say they are, you know, living superheroes and they are because what they do and putting their lives on the line to save homes and lives is um, 
it's very it's a it's a selfless act on their part to like they're putting their they're risking their lives to help others. I think that maybe sometimes we lose that, you know, and that's excellent perspective. Like when we're watching these wildfires unfold, you're not thinking about the smoke jumpers, you know, the men and women who are, who are directly jumping into where the flames are in order exactly. to try and cut a line or, you know, the people that are there because it it's not all we see these planes and these helicopters fly over. But so much of this is happening on the ground. And you're right. People, sadly, firefighters do die doing this. People have passed away. I have to say, you know, with flames around them, they were so cool and calm under tremendous pressure that that's why I honestly was calm because I kept watching them and their demeanor because I said, okay, if they are still calm, then I'm going to remain calm. But the second, if I saw any of them freak out or panic, I was like, that's when I would know that we're in a really bad situation. It's you kind of have to you kind of have to detach yourself from, you know, a little cognitive dissonance doesn't hurt. (laughs) You can detach yourself a little bit, focus on the task at hand. But when you started seeing what was happening around you, both with the Woolsey fire and the homes that were destroyed and, of course, the campfire and that tremendous tragedy, these were all unfolding at the same time. Um, Is that when it kind of hit you just how important it was that you had both prepared and you were kind of more ready than this than maybe a lot of residents are and maybe hit you how there's some luck involved as well. I want to say, I I know this is a bad comparison, but because we had dealt with this back in 2005, I felt uh, obviously that fire helped us prepare for this fire. Um, The first time, you know, when we had first moved into Bell Canyon, um, you know, it was new for me living in a canyon. I was living in a city. I mean, Bell Canyon is, to me, it's the best of both worlds. It's country living in the city. Like, as soon as you enter the gates, you're in this beautiful canyon, but you're not too far away from, you know, what's going on outside the gates. So I always say it's the best of both worlds. But, you know, it it was still new for me. I mean, there's wildlife. You know, we've got coyotes and deers and bobcats, and it's just a such a beautiful place to live and still is. So it took a while to get used to, okay, we've got brush clearance now. Um, You know, we've got, you know, there's just different um, rules to living in a canyon. At the time, we didn't have the pool pump, you know, to help fight the fire. So the, the, the big fire in 05 really prepared us for this one. And I think we were a lot more calm and obviously more prepared to fight. Yeah, I mean, preparation is everything in any disaster. I mean, even there's research that says even if you look on the plane, when you get on a plane, where you are in relation to the exit, that increases your chances for survival. Oh, exactly. I mean, if if it, if, like you said, it's just about being prepared. I mean, I don't want to say luck was on our side because if the winds shifted, who knows? All it takes is one ember to fly over and the whole thing will ignite. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, originally when the fire started on the 8th, it was outside Bell Canyon moving towards um, Oak Park and Agora Hills because that's the way the winds were uh, blowing. So we thought, okay, we're just going to keep an eye on it. It's still outside the canyon and it's unfortunately moving towards Agora Hills. But all it took was one ember to fly around midnight and that's when all hell broke loose. Um, so that's when the fight uh, began. And then again, 
when it flew over to the other side of the canyon, that's when we started losing homes. So it, you know, it just takes one ember, you know, and the wind to kind of blow it, you know, a few miles, and and then that's um, when you know just the devastation happens. So I, I don't, with with luck, I mean, it would have been nice for the winds or even maybe rain to come, but um, or the winds to kind of push it away. But you can never predict where a fire is going to really go. Yeah, it's huge, and I'm sure you have. A tremendous amount of gratitude that the firefighters, for whatever reason, that day came to your home and chose your spot and protected your home um, from from that fire, from that one ember that relit the blaze. What is? I want to know what's going on now because so many people have lost so much, and I know some of the other surrounding communities. You know not just in your community, but um, that were touched by the Woolsey fire, the campfire. Um, a lot of people lost everything. Are there, is there, are there, you know, fundraisers going on? Has the community rallied together to support these people? I mean, what have you seen going on in your community? Well, what happened, um, we were able to, well, the residents were able to go back into our community on the 12th. And the following Saturday, there was a town hall meeting. And it was um, overwhelming in such an amazing way because our community center was filled with everything you could think of that people needed from blankets, you know, bed sheets, clothing, shoes, children's toys, gift cards, you know, for groceries. Because like you said, people lost everything. I mean, whatever they left with is, is all they have. So to see our community come together, I mean, that place was filled. And there was also, we had um, Ventura County officials there. The Red Cross was there. Even FEMA was there, which for me that's when it kind of hit me because, you know, like I said, from the time that I stayed until the time, you know, the community was let back in, I was on go mode. I I didn't have time to process any of it. And there I am sitting there looking at all these officials and I thought, oh my God, this is real. And this really happened. And it's, I know it's a little late to process it, but that's kind of when it all hit me and, and, you know, walking outside and seeing the homes that, were destroyed. And, you know, I kind of had a delayed reaction. And there were just moments where I would just cry, because I didn't have time to cry during, you know, my reporting and and updating um, what was going on. So, um, but the out of the bad that has happened so much good in the community, which is already an amazing community, we're a very, very tight knit community. It's the type of neighborhood where if someone moves in, you know, they'll bring fresh baked cookies and introduce themselves and, you know, bring flowers. And even when you're walking your dogs or just going for a walk around the neighborhood, people wave and say hi. It's it's that neighborhood. So we already had that before the fire. So post-fire, it's even stronger. And, you know, there's people offering um, those uh, families that lost their homes, do you need help sifting through the rubble? I've got my boots. I've got, you know, gloves. And it's just honestly a, a, a beautiful thing to see people helping complete strangers and, and making new friends through this tragedy. Wow. That is whenever you see sadly the best in people is after the, a disaster like that. And, um, yeah, and, and I know it's it a hard too, because this is how it should be. It's like all, 
you know, political differences and religious, you know, different, you know, all the, all the differences that, you know, we all have in opinions. It's, it's just so amazing to see all that put to the side and for humanity. It's like that my faith in humanity is restored, you know, seeing people help other people with no strings attached. It's like they want to help. You know, people are posting on our community Facebook page, hey, I'm available, you know, these days if anyone wants me to help them sift through the rubble or if you need any water or food, I'm, I'm here to help. I mean, it's just it's so great to see. That is such a, a beautiful um, result of such tragedy because it really has been such a tragedy and a hard burden to bear for your community. Um, what would you say if someone you know doesn't live in your community, is there a way that you can see to help? Is there something that, you know, from you being there, you'd be like, man, it'd be really nice if we had this. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much. I mean, as far as, I mean, Canyon Living, I think people really need to be aware of, you know, how to live in a canyon, uh, because that was something that we learned the hard way, you know, with the first fires. Um, I also think supporting uh, firemen's foundations is a great way to help support the firefighters, because... To me, these guys probably don't get get paid enough for what they do. Um, And I know there was a link that I had posted um, on my Instagram and Facebook page about the LAFD's uh, Firemen's Fund and that that all the money there goes to support these firefighters and and the equipment they need uh, to fight these fires. So um, there's just so much. I mean, there's... You know, between the donations of clothing and uh, gift cards, um, I know every community has their own, you know, they've been organizing um, all this. So, oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm answering your question. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a um, I'm a little admittedly biased. My father was a career firefighter and um, also at one point did you know, go out to the West and and fight wildland fires also. Um, So I do think that supporting our, you know, um, first responders is vital because sadly their job is getting harder every day. We have more of these disasters and fires every day. First and foremost, I say that the biggest support needs to be for the first responders. I mean, I, I, I know every department or, you know, fire, fire, you know, fighters organizations or, you know, departments have, I don't know how much they get paid, but I'm probably guessing not enough. Um, And as far as funding and resources, um, based on the Woolsey fire, um, I just think the lack of resources um, just, we could have had more resources. But again, I don't know all the facts, um, but I know that they were spread very thin. So... You know, if, if, you know, people can help out, you know, firemen's funds, um, I think that would be a great start because they, they really do. They go above and beyond to help people. Thank you so much for all the ways that you helped those firefighters in, in the way that you could um, by providing a place for them to battle the blaze from, by providing them with food and water and just, you know, um, probably a little lightning of spirit. And yes, it's, it's just a place to, to stay and, you know, rest. And, you know, I, yeah, I even had my daughter, I mean, my whole family was with me. And I think that's another reason why I was so calm, because if we were separated, 
I think that's when I would have freaked out, you know, so with, with this experience, you know, like I said, I even had my dogs with me and the dogs would go hang out with the firefighters and I could tell they just brought a smile to their faces and said, oh, you know, we can't wait till, you know, to get home and, you know, be with our families and dogs. But, you know, hopefully even just hanging out with my dogs provided, you know, a sense of uh, just, a, just you know, a quick minute of escape and, and see these happy little faces greet them. Um but it's just, um, I, I look back and it, it still doesn't seem real. I can't thank you enough for joining us again, Adrian. Your, your perspective and um, your input has been really tremendous. No, and thank you so much for having me. And I'm honestly really honored uh, that you guys were following my, my updates and my posts. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just an overwhelming experience. That's, that's the, the best word to describe this whole experience. Absolutely. Thank you again. And uh, for those of you that are listening, if you would like to hear more from us here at the Weather Channel podcast, be sure to click subscribe. Thanks. Thanks.